one constant through all the years, Ray. The ladies are digging my sweet face. It's the Sexy Voice Show on Beyond the Game. <laughs> Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game. Oh, I heard that so much. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning to you. You found the Beyond the Game program, and we are glad you've joined us. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can call Town & Country at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. I'm Rick Benson, and joining me are those guys, Zach Barletta, Darren Metzger, two of the biggest Yankee fans you would ever know, one wearing a Seattle Mariners cap, the <laughs> other an Orioles cap. <laughs> that is true. We invite you to give our website a visit, btgprogram.com. You can also interact with the show on Twitter and other social platforms, at BTG Program, or call our studio line, 585-431-1202. That's 585-431-1202. Best tweet of the week had to be from none other than Wade Phillips. At Son of Bum tweeted after the Broncos held a Super Bowl ring ceremony last Sunday. The ring ceremony was great. Receiving the ring was awesome. Seeing that they had the wrong name on my ring, not so good. Oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, the Broncos presented Phillips with a ring which had the name Peters on it. He's actually the Broncos' assistant director of college scouting, but he, too, got a ring, but, but his ring was correct. <laughs> Phillips said on Monday he will receive a replacement from Jostens, uh, the company that made the ring. Aren't they the same people that make your high school rings, you know, when you get a class ring? I don't know, but I'm thinking that's a really expensive mess-up on their part. That is a mistake. I don't that know if he gets to keep both of them. Big mistake. Huh? Does he get to keep both of them? I don't know. Why, why would you want the other one? eBay, I suppose. Well, it has like 200 and something diamonds in it, so I mean, that couldn't hurt to just have in a safe lying around. It has 212 diamonds, 5.05 total carats. Oh, wow. It's a really expensive mess up. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe they reuse it. I don't know. He waited a long time to get this ring. I mean, last season the was the... <laughs> how long has he been in football? I mean, he's been around the game his whole yeah. life, right? Yep. So he's waited a long time. This was the first time he's been part of a Super Bowl win. Finally get that ring, that beautiful <laughs> ring, and it says Peter's on it. <laughs> that would oh, be terrible. Man. There was a representative from the company on site at the ceremony, and they, they apologized immediately to him. Former NBA player Nate Robinson, one of the player I enjoyed watching yeah, I when he was with, with the, the Knicks. Knicks. Yep. I, you and me both, Darren. He's uh, been playing in Israel. He's interested in pursuing an NFL career despite being 32 years old. And while we may giggle about that, I wouldn't count this cat out. Uh, he's athletic. He could this, probably do it. At five foot nine, which is shorter than all of us in this room, Yes, I've got him by half an inch. Attaboy. <laughs> yeah. 
2005, he's a first-round draft pick despite being five foot nine. He had an 11-year career. He won, what, three slam dunk contests? And that is ridiculous at 5'9". And those dunks he could pull off at 5'9". Right, nine so I'm not incredible. counting this guy off. Well, yeah. on Monday, the Seattle Seahawks gave him a tryout. He's a Seattle native. He was a football star in high school. And Seattle said, well, you know, they're not expected to sign him, but they're going to keep their eye on him. And, you know, sometimes those guys, it what works position? out. They get a call back. I would imagine special teams. I don't think I really yeah. picked up on that part of the story. Maybe but. maybe a cornerback or something. Maybe. Wouldn't it be fun Probably to see him? I, I mean, the guys fun. probably still can run like the wind. I mean, 32, yeah. you're, not really, you're still athletic at 32. I could see it. Yeah, and I'm sure he's taking great care of himself. So what do you do when you're a professional football player and you show up out of shape to a mandatory minicamp? Blame your wife. Blame your pregnant fiance, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Buffalo Bills running back Carlos Williams claimed this week that his less than stellar, shall we say it that way, his less than stellar physical condition was due to his fiance's recent pregnancy and her associated food cravings. He says, quote, I like to eat. Hey, brother, don't we all? <laughs> I, I like to eat, and then her being pregnant gave me an excuse to eat. She'd wake up 1 or 2 o'clock. I want a snack. Well, I'm not going to sit here and watch you eat because I don't want you to feel bad. I I hear what he's saying. Of I'm course. Up what he's putting My man is there for his woman. She's going to eat at 1 o'clock in the morning. He's going to – of course he doesn't want her to feel bad. <laughs> Williams welcomed his fourth child last month and was asked if perhaps he was dealing with an injury because he was rather robust when he showed up. The injury of pregnancy, I would say, was Williams' response. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Coach Rex Ryan, who, by the way, says the Bills won the offseason. Oh, they did all right. They get trophies for that, I heard, and rings. If Rex Ryan is giving out the trophy, the Bills are in line for one. (laughs) He was obviously disappointed. Uh, Obviously, you wish that he was in much better shape. Did you see what people were calling Carlos Williams? You know, you got the beast mode thing. They were calling him feast mode. I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) That is pretty good. That is good. The city of San Diego is preparing for the All-Star game and for me to show up. And for Darren to show up. They have taken it upon themselves to put jagged rocks around where jagged rocks under the overpass so to prevent darren from sleeping with the other homeless people (laughs) under overpasses because i spent so much money on this trip fifty seven thousand dollars the city spent on jagged rocks just to move the homeless people around because you know hey you can't have them being seen when tourists come from Rochester, New York, to the All-Star Game. There Darren, are a lot Darren of Darren don't want to be rolling up on no homeless person. <laughs> oh, there are some. There are a ton of them in Southern California. One resident says, when we saw the rocks going up, we celebrated. <laughs> well, that seems mean. The, the city of San Diego, we're not anti-homeless. We're pro-resident. Coming up today on the program, we have many things. We're interview-free this week, so it's just me and the guys. That's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. We'll have shenanigans, pest of the week. We're going to talk about uh, a little trash talking, right? That's one of the things Zach wanted to hit on, and if there's still time, I'll. Well, Zach's got some useless information. we got all kinds of stuff. All that and more coming up today on Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.
Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy, natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Game at BTG Program, btgprogram.com. You cut that music off too soon. I did. That's my bad. Me and Benson were dancing to that too. We're just about to get down and get funky. (laughs) We were. Love me some Michael. (laughs) So I get this call. Actually, I get a text the other day. You guys know about it because I invited you. Brother says, hey, man, got a couple of tickets, got it in a suite to the soccer game. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Zach and I just got back. Well, last year we went. Guy offered us a suite. And here's the difference. These are my two friends. One guy says, I got a suite for you in Cleveland. Zach and I go to the game. It was all we can eat. It was beautiful seats. Uh, buddy here says, hey, you got a couple tickets in the suite. Go down and see the Rochester Rhinos. U.S. Open Cup game. They're playing the Red Bulls. All right. Fine. You got me. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, my, my wife says she'll go. She never goes to sporting events with me. She's going to go. We got another group of friends because you guys bailed on me. You both, oh, I got a game and, you know, I'm married with kids or whatever. You know, so I go. I'm like all about it. I'm I'm not into soccer, but I'm going to go check out this suite. I'm expecting food galore. Yeah. I get there. The suite's all the way down on the end, so you're not even in the center of the field. All right, whatever. I'll live with it. I'm not really here to watch the soccer anyway. The The suite is packed. There's, there's not a chair to be had except inside. So you know how you go outside the glass and you could sit in those rows. The suite is packed with other people. So, I mean, there's, there might be a one seat, two seat, but they were separated and there was four of us. So I'm looking for this food. There's no food. I open up the refrigerator. There's three two liter bottles of soda. Like, thanks a lot. So. The game started at 7.05. We roll in, you know, probably right at 7 o'clock. We park, get on into the stadium. Game starts at 7.05. 
I probably discovered there was no food and three liters of soda at about 710. <laughs> at 7.20, we are out. We're on the, we're on the way to a restaurant to go get some food. We're down, we're down looking, uh, I think we we're down in the food court and they're all wanting to get something to eat. Oh, the, the other thing, the, the, the waitress or whoever it is, the attendant of the suite says, uh, there's a menu there and, and I'll, I'll take your order. I'm here to take care of you. And I look and there's a hot dog for $8 on the menu. $8. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. It's a hot dog. Eight bucks. It better be a foot long covered in caviar for Wait eight a minute. Bucks. I'm, I'm in a suite. Aren't I supposed to get like 50 of these? I'm just supposed to keep eating them until I collapse. Yeah. That's why you go to a suite. That's why I was there. It certainly wasn't for the soccer. So 15 minutes. We're out. They're, lo- they're looking around. They're looking at the menu in the food court. Well, we could get this. We could get this. I'm like, or we could get out of here <laughs> and go someplace that actually has some food. I mean, I'm not here for the soccer. So I tell you, you guys were wide. I can't wait to call this guy. Like, what? why did you set me up for that? <laughs> Why don't you tell me that it was bone dry in this suite. There's no food. There's nothing. This story is actually making me feel a little better because I had to turn down your offer because I was at my in-laws with like 10 kids. So I was like, oh man, I could have been at a game in a suite eating free food. So I'm, I'm, I feel no, a little you'd better. You could have been here. at a game in a suite with no seat and no food and maybe a <laughs> Diet Canada dry in half a Dixie cup. And no Benson because you would have been gone. <laughs> <laughs> would have been gone. It was a terrible experience. Jeez. So you got me, soccer. You fooled me once. It ain't going to happen again. <laughs> man, I thought I was in for it. So happy Father's Day, by the way. Father's Day weekend. You guys are, as am I, we're all fathers here in this room, so happy fathers to you. Zach uh, said to me on the way over here, he says, oh, I wish I would thought about this earlier. We should talk about some of the fathers and sons that have played sports together. And I thought, you know, there's quite a few of them. Really and we, we could take a minute and, you know, who's the first one that comes to your mind if you think of a, a father and son combination? For me, it's Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr., that one's obvious. Like, probably the Griffey and the Bonds are probably the first one that yeah. come to mind, right? Yeah. But we yeah. were doing some research, and we found some that we were like, oh, how did we forget them? Like uh, the Boons. Bob Boone, Ray Boone, and then Aaron and Brett. Well, they're actually the first one that come to mind for me, and, and not for any other reason other than there there was three generations. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there, there's Ray and then Bob, and as you mentioned, then... Aaron and Brett, but I remember back when I was a kid, they had a baseball card series of fathers and sons, and and the Boons obviously were one of them, as was, well, I, at that point, it was just, uh, must have been just Ray and Bob at that point. It couldn't have been, because uh, I'm so stinking old. <laughs> yeah, you are kind of old. There was also the Bells, Buddy Bell, mm-hmm. and his dad, Gus. Yeah, Archie, Peyton, and uh, Eli, too. Yeah, they would yeah. come to mind quick. Uh Racing, you got the Petty family, the Earnharts, the Earnhardt family. The Petties are three or four generations, although uh, tragically Adam has passed away. But yeah, Calvin and Grant Hill, two different sports. But his dad played yeah, football and he played in basketball. So. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't. I didn't know that. I know Kobe Bryant's dad played in the NBA. Well, does he have like a, is his nickname like Jelly Bean or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those. Joe Jelly Bean Bryant. That's a good one. <laughs> that I is a classic nickname. What's the story behind Jelly Bean? The Ripkins. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Ripkins would come to mind. I just, uh, I just pulled up a list here. I didn't realize Felipe and Moises Alou. I thought yeah. they were. I thought they were brothers. Not no, but Felipe did have two brothers, oh, okay. uh, Jesus and Matty, who played, and of course his son Moises. Fun story. Moises Alou used to pee on his hands before games instead of using pine tar. Okay, there's uh And you killed the segment. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that's what that's, I think of when I think Moises Alou. That's why we turn to Zach for useless information, <laughs> and that is classic useless information. You should have played the intro. I that's just, to know that. that's just what I think of when I think of Moises Alou, is how much I would hate to like high-five him after a home run or something. How I want it. How have neither of you ever brought, haven't brought up Bobby and Brett Hall yet? Well, I was just about to. I was going to mention Gordy and Mark Howe. Oh, okay. And then, of course, that would have led to the Hulls as well. Um, Bill, Luke Walton. I'm sure the list mm-hmm. can go on and right. on. But let me, So let me ask you guys this then. Out of that list that we just put together, and there's some uh, that, Zach, you had mentioned Yogi and Dale Barra yeah. earlier. And there's Sandy Alomar and his Sandy Jr. and Roberto. There's Todd mm-hmm. and, and Mel Stottlemyre. There's... There's there oh who else uh, another basketball guy um, Doc Rivers and, and Austin and his son Austin, so uh, the fielders Howie Long his son uh, two oh, sons Chris right Chris and Kyle yeah so well, Lee and Richard Petty well we mentioned the Petties and that's why I mentioned uh, Adam had passed away okay. he's the the fourth generation he's Kyle's son, but out of all those people who's the most successful or who would you think is maybe the most successful. It's a, it's a, that might be hard to measure. It's a tough one, but I again, I really think Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr. I mean, Jr., obviously, Hall of Fame career. Um, surprises me that he never got to 3,000 hits. I think the injuries really derailed him late in his career. But, I mean, his dad could play, too. He had a 296 career average. He had over 2,000 hits, three all-star appearances. That's a he pretty could have, su- uh, a successful he could have played duel. in Japan. Oh, yeah, you can, get, a... you can get your, you know, you can pass Pete Rose if you do that, apparently. That's a big <laughs> deal. Does that bother you guys? Yes, immensely. I'm sorry, Ichiro's a great hitter, and he's closing in on 3,000, which proves he is a great major league hitter. But don't try and tell me he's the international hit king and all this. I don't care about what he did in Japan. It's not as impressive well, no, as No, I think that's, that's the thing. He is the international hit king. But don't try and tell me he's like Pete Rowe. Oh, no, I, that's the thing. And I, don't, I haven't heard anybody say that, but I've heard uh, people all up and, well, this is not Pete Rose. Pete Rose defined his game, blah, blah, blah. And I get all that, and I'm not defending... Uh, well, I guess I'm not defending Pete Rose because he can't. He's kind of you know, a jerk. But I, that doesn't bother me as much as I've heard talk radio this week really up in arms over, well, the, Ichiro's not the true hicking. And I suppose some of that is because he's not, it's not American, you know? Mm. He's a oh, foreigner he just, coming here. But I get it. You can't, you can't count the Japanese things in no. the, uh, it's not the same. It's nope. not the same level of competition. I get all that, but I don't know that anybody was doing that. International hit king, uh, Pete Rose could have gone to Japan and, and got more hits. Yeah. I feel like that's just a manufactured clickbait story. Sure, it's something, that, it's something to talk about, but it, it really doesn't bother me as long as they throw international. But you're absolutely right, Darren. You can't say he's as good, well, I don't know, you know, there are there's there's elements of Ichiro's game that Pete Rose doesn't have in his game, but no, I don't think they're the same player. Mm-hmm. And it would be, in my mind, unfair to say he's the all-time hit king because that's not true. It would be interesting though to have seen Ichiro play nine more seasons in the big leagues because I mean, you remember those those years. I can't remember where you're, they, he's over 200 hits all the time, 
If he put the bat on the ball, there was a chance it was a hit. It didn't matter where it was. Oh, with his speed. Oh, my goodness. Sure. So maybe he could have been, possibly been the greatest hitter of all time if he had those nine seasons here. But he didn't, so you can't say that he is. All right. Anyway, getting back to what we were talking about with fathers and sons on this Father's <laughs> Day weekend. You said the Griffies, you would think out of that list, Darren, are probably the most successful pair for you. What about you, Zach? I was thinking about it, and I think I would go with the Mannings. Um, I mean, the two Manning sons have got four Super Bowl rings between them. That's pretty successful. The Griffies and Bonds, as far as compiling statistics... Yeah, I could be talked into the Bonds. ...are amazing, but none of them won any championships, or neither of the two sons did. So I think I'm going to go with the Mannings. I think you guys are right. That is a tough list to try and pick. And I know you guys aren't race fans, but I would have to go with the Petty family. Richard Petty predominantly was, you know, he's the king. And the amount of championships and and races that he won, uh, I don't know, but you're right. That is a, you know who we didn't mention? Rick Barry. Oh, Rick and uh, Brent, right? Brent, and uh, there was another one, um, John. Oh, yeah. John Barry. They had a good, good careers. wasn't uh, wasn't Rick named the fifty one of the fifty greatest players of all time? Well, yeah, but sometimes some of those lists. I mean, Luke Walton made a list of the fifty greatest Lakers of all time. Luke Walton. <laughs> <laughs> some of those lists are a bit odd and That's true. Subjective, shall we say? Well, we come back. We're going to have a segment about uh, trash talking in sports. Is it? Uh, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Does it lead to trouble? Or is it just boys will be boys? You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country, Pest Solutions. Your floors are under attack, from overwatered plants to overflowing dog bowls. But the Home Depot has new water-resistant Pergo Outlast Plus laminate flooring starting at just $279 a square foot. So you and your floors get to fight back with 24-hour spill protection that stands up to liquids for a whole day without causing damage. The next generation of laminate flooring is Pergo Outlast Plus, starting at just $279 a square foot, exclusively from the Home Depot. More saving, more doing, U.S. only. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. Your aura brims with confidence. The Name Your Price tool has given you policy options based on your budget. A source of great power rises from within, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex that can shoot dragons out of its eyes, riding on a tank. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. How silly can you get? You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude. Welcome back to the show. Recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Rick Benson here with those guys, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Remember, you can reach the studio line at 585-431-1202. 
As for the show's producer, Zach is really the one who drives the content of the program. We'll go back and forth a little bit with ideas, and of course we all have input on what we'll do, and well, then there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to come in having prepared for something completely different than what we planned <laughs> for and what we agreed would be our topics. But Zach, you wanted to talk about trash talking in sports. Set that up for us. What, what, what brought that up and where are we going with this thing? Well, the big thing for me was the the Draymond versus LeBron thing that's been going on. Mm. And, I mean, the actual trash talking didn't take very long, but it's just blown up in the media so much. Where And they're using the media to send messages to each other, and there's players' wives are getting involved and tweeting about it. And I just thought it's just turned into such a big issue that I thought it's a perfect thing for us to give our take on. Well, you know, trash talking... To me, is something relatively new to the game in the last twenty. Maybe even came in with Michael Jordan. Yeah, they say he's legendary at it. And is the height of it. um, What do people think it's going to lead to? If you're sitting there drawing back and forth with someone for an entire game, it's going to wear on them, don't you think? I I don't really have an issue with it. Honestly, does not bother me as long as it's kept to the game. Don't go, don't go, Kevin Garnett on us and start bringing people's wives into it and everything. Just stick well, that's to the often game. where it goes as it as it builds up and as it escalates. You know, there's going to be that back and forth exchange, and sooner or later, somebody's going to get torqued off. It's their fran- fanny's going to get frosted, and they're going to want to go at you. Yeah. Well, the problem is everything escalates, right? It's like if we're playing against each other in a pickup game, and I'm like, "Yo, you're terrible." You're not going to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I am terrible. You're going to be like, no, you're terrible. And you know what else? Your mom stinks or what? You know, and it's you just really keep bad going. at trash talking. I know. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yes, keep going. You know, one humorous trash talking account I hear, and I don't know if it's truth or legend, but I like the story. And uh, it's of Joe DiMaggio struggling through a bad game. It, maybe it was even a double header, but look at him. The Yankee Clipper here. You see? That is a handsome man. <laughs> but Joe was struggling, and I, I guess this is really, as I'm thinking about it, is more of a heckler story than a trash-talking story. But, well, don't you think heckling is just sort of the precursor for trash-talking, yeah. the way we know of it? Hecklers just, annoy me. Just trash-talk by the people who mm-hmm. wish they could play. Is You know, that's all that is. Well, there was this fan who was riding DiMaggio the entire game as he was struggling. He must have been sitting near home plate or nearing the Yankees' dugout. Well, after the game, Joe DiMaggio and, I don't know, I guess Marilyn Monroe. I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, let's say Marilyn Monroe was there, too. We need to spice up the story. Yeah, it's my story. I'll tell it any way I want. We need to spice it up. Joe and Marilyn are going to the ice cream shop. And who's behind the counter? That's right, it's this guy, the heckler. The soda jerk is the guy that's been heckling uh, DiMaggio, the entire doubleheader. So DiMaggio steps back as this guy is waiting on customers and just starts heckling him, <laughs> just bombarding him with, you know, and you need to scoop that faster, look at that ice cream, it, it's dripping off the side. Just classic story. I, I hope this story's true. I, I have no idea. I've told it as though it is. I have no reason to believe it's not. Um, it might be myth. Who cares? It's a great story, but... You know what I get tired of, though, is when people tell me it's part of the game. You know, oh, it's just part of the game. Like It's like saying steroids is part of the game. I mean, it doesn't need to be. It shouldn't be. And it's not really part of the game. It might be part of that athlete's life who's participating in the game. 
you know, but it's not part of the game. Same thing, you and I talk about this a lot, the fighting and hockey. Well, it's part of the game. No, it's not. You know, that's something that's been introduced to the game, and some people play it as though it's part of the game, but it's not really part of the game. And trash talking isn't, it isn't. It's not, I, you know, I guess to some degree, we should probably define what is trash talking. I mean, there is competitive banter. Mm-hmm. We can go back and forth a little bit, and as long as everybody's cool with it, and it's not getting, nobody's getting upset, then it's probably fine. But trash talking, it, it, as, as you said, Zach, it escalates, it gets harsher, it becomes more personal. Personal, um, the banter easily turns into trash talk, and you got to when you when you're doing that, I think you sort of have an obligation to be aware of how your opponent is responding to it. Is he getting upset? Because if he is, I need to back off a little bit, you know? He's getting upset and playing worse, though. I want to step on the gas pedal a little bit. Look what it, look. Well, see, that's what it leads to then. Draymond's is... gotten into LeBron's head a little bit. You saw him, what was it, game four? I think LeBron lost his cool worse than I've ever seen him lose his cool, and he played kind of poorly. I mean, he's still going to get his, but, I mean, he got in his head a little bit and did mess But if with it's going to lead to fights or... Uh, cheap shots or suspensions or whatever it is, you got to slow that down. You can't be losing a guy like Draymond Green. Well, he readily admits it's his fault, and he knows. Agreed. But if you allow somebody into your head, and it goes both ways, I can't imagine trash talking is just one-sided. It needs to have a response if it's going to escalate. If I'm going to trash talk you and you're not responding after a while, I'm just walking away. I mean, I'm not going to keep it up because I'm not getting anywhere. Right. You know, I I guess a little sports chatter or maybe a few more harsh words, which, you know, some people object to some words that other people use commonplace. I'm not talking about swearing or vulgarity, uh, but just words that maybe you, some families want to say, but you would. I'm not talking about this you know, man speak being thrown around the garage, if you will. Uh, that's not really what we're talking about. I'm talking about the type of things intended to get under somebody's skin. Something, you know, more personal attack, something harsh. Now, you say it doesn't bother you. Um, you know, look at it through the lens of the Word of God. You know, let's take the Bible out and see what the Bible has to say. And of course, you're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. That's a real narrow definition of how a believer should talk. And and, and held to that standard, we all probably need a little work in that area. i got to admit, not everything that's going to come out of my mouth is uh, designed to edify or, or build up. I'm going to say some things that... Yeah, just listen to everything you say to me all the time. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I get how an athlete can be expressing themselves, asserting themselves, as you say, uh, affecting the game by getting under somebody's skin and yeah. taking taking them off and, and maybe setting the tone for the game or the practice. I get all that, which is why I say a little might be okay, but... You have to be keeping tabs on that other guy's reactions. If he's having fun with it and the people around you that are also hearing and seeing this take place, and if they know you're a believer in Christ um, and they're seeing you ridicule other people and, and the way you talk, now you're playing on a baseball team, we talked about it earlier, mm-hmm. and they all know you're a believer, they're watching you closely. Mm-hmm. If you're trash-talking an opponent and getting somebody aggravated and angry and it starts to escalate, 
Man, they're, they're looking look at you. Good. Well, right. And your teammates might know, but maybe there's somebody else there who doesn't know. Um, but what if, let's say you're guarding me in basketball or something, and I'm telling you, Benson, I'm going to go right. I'm going to go right. You can't stop me. And I go right, and you don't stop me, and I score. And I, man, I told you you couldn't stop me. Is that wrong? I'm not, I'm not no, really doing anything. I'm just you telling know, you the I truth. I think that, that would probably fall under the competitive banter. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's not trash talk. And now if it's, hey, Benson, you're fat, you know, <laughs> you're not going to be able to stop me. Look at me. I'm so good. You know, I'm going to get tired of being told I'm fat. Eventually I'm going to come down with a harsh elbow and, you know, things are going to escalate. I think you we know, should all trash talk like Andrew Luck. Do you remember? I think we talked about it on the show. Where Andrew Luck's trash talk is he congratulates his opponents. Oh, hey, nice catch, or hey, nice pass, or whatever. And he'll give them a little, a little, uh, congrats on something that they did. And uh, some people have said it really messes with them because they're just not expecting it. Well, I think that's it. a, that's a great approach. And, and you know, as, as you said, Darren, you described, um, competitive banter, I, I think is the best way to say that. But it's a real fine line. But, uh, there's also those Christians I started to say who are they're seemingly always going on about the stuff they're doing. Hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and, and and that's kind of a form of trash talk too. They're just talking about themselves, whatever it is. When you see them, they almost immediately get going and to let you know about their game. Hey, man, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I serve here. I I did this. I witnessed to these people. I told them about, you know. And you know who that is? A lot of times, young Christian college guys. They want to debate. Everything they come at you with this attitude, huh? They're They're also probably the ones that play guitar in the courtyard. Well, I don't know, (laughs) you know, but they they come at you with this attitude like what they just learned in the last few days is this world-defining truth. I remember having three young guys working for me. Two were the guys I just described. The third was an atheist fellow, and man, they'd get together like piranhas. These two believers and just attacking this atheism. There was no love. There was no grace. I'm, although sure. I'm sure it helped. There was just this desire to be right. What they really wanted was to build up their own prideful self-image and show one another how smart they were at the expense of this third guy. And unfortunately, even when he asked a sincere question or made a, a, a rational counterpoint to their argument, they more or less mocked the guy rather than trying to understand where he was coming from. And I'll they never gained any influence with the guy. They never got any foothold. And I, I, I however, being wonderful in every way, w- was able to <laughs> earn his respect. And humble. I, I, I was never able to convince him, but I had his respect. We talk like adults. Uh, adults. I'll, I'll never forget he told me how much he enjoyed talking to me and how much he had really started to dislike Christians because of the way the other two guys were acting. So, I, of course, I immediately fired them and promoted the atheist, but um, just <laughs> kidding. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter eight verse one that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And sometimes we get thinking stuff. We we want to show everybody what we know, and we as humans, not necessarily Christians, but we as humans, learn something. Uh, we often can't wait for that opportunity to show somebody else what we know. We actually become these trash talking egomaniacs, just thinking of ways for to gain an opportunity to share what we know. My point here is that believers should be careful about trash talking an opponent, you know, if you're in a competitive situation and maybe not, um, maybe not even do it at all, especially if it's going to be, uh, poorly received or misunderstood by other people who may be around. We, we need to do everything to reflect that light of Christ. And we definitely shouldn't be throwing around this 
church trash talk, you know, talking about what we do, what we know, in an attempt to glorify ourselves. Uh, I mean, if we have something to say, it ought to not be how great we are. In fact, it ought to be how bad we are and how great Christ is. We need to be about Christ. We need to be about his gospel. And when people see us, they should know that. When they see you, Darren, on the baseball field, they should know that. That's a believer. I can tell by the way he acts, the way he talks, what comes out of his mouth. There should be no confusion or mixed message about this. Claiming to be a follower of Christ while spewing out profanity or degrading comments or spreading gossip, it's it's just not cool, and whether we like it or not, the world around us often makes a decision about Jesus Christ based on what they see in those who claim to be Christians or what comes from the lips of a believer. Why would any non-believer feel compelled to find out more about Jesus Christ if his followers aren't somehow different? The world will know about our faith by the way we carry ourselves and how we express ourselves. What we do and say, I mean, it matters. It does matter. Mm-hmm. Luke 6.45 says this, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Think back over the last few days. What are some of the things your mouth has spoken? Maybe you need to have an honest, prayerful discussion with God about the condition of your heart. I'm Rick Benson. This is Beyond the Game. The website again is btgprogram.com. Studio line is 585-431-1202. Thanks for being with us. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country, Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, well... Just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-426. 5024. That's 585 426 5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town and Country Pest Solutions at 585 426 5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's remodeling company on this show for a long time. They're family owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. 
Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. Zach, why don't you start us off with some shenanigan statement? All right. Rex Ryan said last week that he'd love to have LeBron James playing tight end for the Bills. Truth or shenanigans, LeBron could dominate the NFL like he has the NBA. I agree. Well, no, I don't agree. Shenanigans. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how you worded that. I mean, other than Bo Jackson, I haven't really seen anyone dominate, you know, in the sense that I haven't seen them dominate in more than one sport. Maybe they play well. Deion Sanders played well. I don't know that he dominated in um, baseball. Uh, My opinion, though, and I'm not a huge LeBron James fan. I, I still think he's the best player in the game today. He would not be that in the NFL. I don't think he would dominate in the NFL. He might be a good player, but I'm not sure about a great player. He might be a fit for the Bills, you know, if they need a tight end. But uh, I, we're saying about the Bills. Yeah, I, I do think he'd probably be a good player though, because he he works hard at whatever he does. Uh, LeBron James, I'm, I'm talking about. But you're talking, you're, you're taking a great NBA player and asking him to buy this time between two sports. Nah, I don't think he'd dominate. I say shenanigans because the NFL is for grown men, grown men who can take some body contact and not flop worse than a soccer player. They can take trash talk and use it as motivation. They, they can see people win the MVP. Did you just listen to any of the verses I just shared in the last segment? <laughs> hey, hey, this is my answer. Relax over there, all right? Uh, you can see other people you know, win the MVP, work hard to take that crown for them. All I've seen from LeBron is him acting like a giant baby, flopping all over the court, crying to the refs anytime he gets touched, crying to the media about stuff he deems unfair, and then try to walk back those comments the next day when – you know, there's some negative blowback. I was a big LeBron fan until these finals, but uh, now I can't stand what he's doing. He's 6'8", man. He he won the genetic lottery. He's basically chiseled out of a boulder. Can, he has, can you milk his mic or he, something? No, he has the body and athleticism. He, he thinks he's doing the rant over here. It's not <laughs> time for the rant. Is this something you had prepared and didn't want to use it in your rant, so no, you're just going no, off I, now? I, I saw this, and I, I took I, I took off running with this one. He, he could. He has the body and athleticism to dominate the NFL, but... Like I said, the NFL is for men, and I haven't seen him act like one in a while. Well, um, I won't say that to his face, though. Well, no. I, I agree with this statement, actually. It's no secret that he's a freakishly great athlete. Uh, as Darren said, he's actually bigger than Rob Gronkowski, who's the greatest tight end of this generation. So I think as long as LeBron could actually catch a football, I don't know that there's any reason he couldn't be a great tight end or that there'd be any way to stop him, um, except for maybe a Draymond Green-style love tap. But... Other than that, I think he could be great as a tight end. Draymond Green loves love. Yeah, I just I have a heart. I think he'd probably be an okay football player. But you know what I've seen LeBron, and with the exception of uh, the game the other night where he just took over, you know, and sent that to that was a game five. Well, that's that's my point. You don't see him do that. In fact, you see him sort of shrivel and go away Mm -hmm. late in games and. He know. likes to pass so much, maybe he should be a quarterback. 
Wayne Gretzky has called for the NHL to retire Gordie Howe's number 9. Truth or shenanigans? The NHL should indeed retire number 9 in honor of Mr. Hockey. I say truth. I, I like what baseball did for the Jackie Robinson retiring 42 across the lead. And, and I mean, Gordie Howe was just as big to hockey as Robinson was to baseball. So I, I say yes, I would support this move by the NHL. I agree 100%. Uh, Gretzky is known as the great one, but Gordie Howe is really the Babe Ruth of hockey. You know, he, he was just the greatest player. And, and the fact that he played into his 50s, you know, and, and had, what did he play, like 26 seasons or something like that? If, if anyone deserves to have his number retired, it's Mr. Hockey. Well, I think we all agree, without a doubt. Howe was such a tremendous player. And, you know, I only really recall the ladies, later years, but I did get to see him play. And, uh, beyond that, he was, you guys have already mentioned how good he was on the ice, but off the ice, he was an ambassador for the game like few others have been for any other sport. Hockey may not be on the same level as the big three, basketball, football, baseball, but it wouldn't be where it is today if it weren't for Gordie Howe. Baylor is reportedly considering a one-year suspension for football coach Art Bryles instead of firing him outright due to pressure from the donors who funded their new stadium. Truth or shenanigans, you think a suspension is a good enough punishment. You know, Zach, I, I don't know. Since we started doing this segment, I've never said that. If, uh, this is, I don't know. But if I have to pick, I'm going to say shenanigans. To my knowledge, we still don't have the full story. And this is going to become yeah. an issue. At some point, we're going to have the information. At some point, Bryles is going to respond at the university. And, and he's not going to just sit there and take it like he has. Uh, we don't have the full story. I, I don't know who was involved or or who was involved in the cover-up, I should say, but Bryles was in charge. It's his job to know. He may not always be able to know, but it is his responsibility. And yet, because we don't know for certain the full details, maybe a suspension is appropriate. Is it fair for a guy to lose his job if he wasn't uh, as involved as accusations actually suggest that he is? But the reason I lean towards saying shenanigans is that, that he should be held accountable for more than just a suspension is because I'm fairly sure I've heard, uh, and, and I've not, I don't know him, I've never spoken to him, but uh, I've heard claims of him being a, a follower of Christ. And as such, you represent more than just a winning season to a football program. Uh, I believe he should come forward. I, I think he, there may be legalities uh, from what he can say or what he's restricted to say at mm-hmm. this point, but, but ultimately you were responsible. It was your supervision. Um, if you're a believer in Christ, you got to handle this with integrity. I say shenanigans, too. The stuff that went on at Baylor is serious. It needs to be treated as such. Um, there's really not much else to say other than that. But what I keep coming back to is what happened to Penn State with Joe Paterno and how, I mean, the guy, they took a statue down. They vacated his wins. I mean, I know it's not the same situation, but, I mean, that guy's been dragged through the mud and just vilified. And I, I don't see it. If you're Baylor... In this circumstance, how you could bring a coach back after something like this? I also say shenanigans, and like you said, Benson, he's the he's the head coach. This went on under his watch. He is ultimately responsible. Now, if everything that is alleged is actually true, he should never coach again, let alone just not just be suspended or I mean fired. Like I cannot stand this story. It's disgusting what went on, and what's even more disgusting and bother me even more is you got a bunch of rich people who spent money trying to control the outcome of something now yes i I realize that's how the world works 
But I really hope that Baylor stands up and does the right thing here, keeps him fired, and don't give the based the rich on what we what know now. Let's yeah, that based, on, based what on what is what going we on know now. with yes. that disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. The Anaheim Angels or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim should trade Mike Trout. What do you think, Zach? I agree, and I think I've said this on the show before. It would hurt. <laughs> You're an idiot. (laughs) It would hurt. Angels fans possibly would burn the stadium down. But the organization is awful. Their farm system is barren. There's no help in sight. So if you trade Trout, that's really the only way to keep your team from being terrible for years to come. If you traded Mike Trout, it'll look like the L.A. riots all over again. (laughs) I I agree with Zach on this one, though. Oh, you guys are so young and stupid. they, They have some really poor contracts on the books. Like Zach said, a very bad farm system is depleted. No matter how good Mike Trout is, you can't win baseball games on your own. Trade Trout for about 27 prospects and hope they reach their potential. This is the only chance. Look, the Angels, the Angels are going nowhere. I, I absolutely shenanigans. They should not trade him. They're going nowhere with or without Trout. He's still young. A team can be built around him. Additionally, even on a crummy team, the fans need a reason to go to the ballpark. They need a reason to, to somebody to cheer for, someone who could be a hero to their to their kids. You mean you and, mean Albert Pujols isn't that guy? <laughs> Mike Trout is that. The Angels may lose, but I'd be willing, and so would you, to go to a game if Mike Trout was in the lineup. That's you true. might see something history at a minimum. You're going to see a guy that's playing hard. He's playing his best. He's doing everything he can to represent the game and his team very well. I, at some point, uh, you, your team may be lousy. You got to have a guy. To their shenanigans, it's better to retire too late and have bad seasons at the end of your career than to have your career ended by injury while you're still good. True. You only get a few years <laughs> to play a game for a living. You really, I just, you don't get long. So absolutely, play as long as someone's willing to pay you. I'm no, fine. I'm fine that MJ had that awful stint in Washington, or Kobe was basically useless at the end of you know, the last few years, or even the Jeter. He pretty much hurt the Yankees on offense and defense, and I'm fine with all of it because these guys meant something. They reached the pinnacle of their sport, and they want to hold on and keep playing. I have no problem with it. I agree. Uh, we all know what it's like to watch a guy who clearly is <sighs> done. But at the same time, it's terrible to have your career taken from you and live with wondering what could have been, like what Junior Griffey would have done if he hadn't blown his knees to smithereens. So I'll take a full career over unfulfilled potential. Mm -hmm. Shenanigans. You guys, look, there was nothing appealing about Willie Mays as a New York Met or Joe Namath, uh, what was he, with the Los Angeles Rams. What you already mentioned... Michael Jordan with the Wizards, Babe Ruth as the Boston Braves. I'm not talking about a player filling a void for a team like, you know, getting a chance to win a ring like Cecil did or, or Chili Davis did with the Yankees. I'm talking about guys hanging on too long and just ruining the good name. Maybe not ruining the good name, but just being an embarrassment. This is not the guy that you want to see. You want to remember him in their glory. You want to remember this great player. Not some guy running around the outfield looking clueless, and uh, I, I just don't care for it. I don't want to see guys have their careers cut short either um, because of injury. But if I had to pick one, I'd rather ha- have been good for my entire career, even if that career were short, rather than being an embarrassment to myself, uh, an embarrassment to myself, to my teammates, and because I couldn't bring myself to walk away. I kind of think in some ways it's a very selfish thing. And I get the the camaraderie and some of the other things about the locker room, but at some point it's a selfish decision to hang around. We're up against some time break. we got to take a break. 
Uh, you're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. When we come up on the other side of the break, we'll have our pest of the week. You're listening. I already said that. Just go to break. Play some music, Zach. <laughs> Your floors are under attack from overwatered plants to overflowing dog bowls. But the Home Depot has new water-resistant Pergo Outlast Plus laminate flooring starting at just $279 a square foot. So you and your floors get to fight back with 24-hour spill protection that stands up to liquids for a whole day without causing damage. The next generation of laminate flooring is Pergo Outlast Plus, starting at just $279 a square foot. Exclusively from the Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Your aura brims with confidence. The Name Your Price tool has given you policy options based on your budget. A source of great power rises from within, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex that can shoot dragons out of its eyes, riding on a tank. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You have a lot of useless information in your head. It's as useless as the Winter Olympics. You are useless, Ignacio. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. I actually have two pieces of useless information this week, both of which are about really bad teams in the National League East. Not to mention the thing you mentioned earlier yeah. about uh, somebody <laughs> peeing yeah, oh, yeah. on his hands. Yeah, Moises lose bathroom habits. Yeah. Um, first off, the Phillies won on Monday which is amazing in itself, but also because they ended a 13-game losing streak on Monday games. Their last previous regular season win on a Monday was July 20th of last year. It's a well, lot of losses. Only you know that kind of stuff. You and some guy in, some, in his parents' basement <laughs> looking at these <laughs> Why stats. Why do you think we care about this? That's why it's called useless information. <laughs> the other is that Wednesday night, Braves first baseman Freddie Freeman hit for the cycle, which is especially noteworthy because he's a big, slow first baseman, not the kind of guy you'd expect to leg out a triple and hit for the cycle. It was even more interesting because the next day, Thursday, was the 15th anniversary of former all-star first baseman John Olerud's second career cycle. Olerud is known for great hitting, solid defense, and wearing a helmet while playing <laughs> in the field, but certainly not for his speed. Then again, Benji Molina once hit for a cycle, so maybe it's not as unlikely as it seems. You mentioned Olerud, and I guarantee that every person helmet. thought, uh, thought yeah, helmet first. first thing yeah, that's of. the picture that <laughs> pops in your head. I picture him eating ice cream out of that helmet. You know, like you know another stands. piece of useless information? When somebody invites you to a suite at a <laughs> soccer game, that's useless information. Don't do anything with it. And boom goes the dynamite. Title sponsor of the Beyond the Game program is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is Lewis Murphy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Murphy gave a quote for an article in The Undefeated, which didn't make the final edit. My guess is Alex Kennedy, who wrote the article, used better judgment. So Murphy later tweeted the quote and apparently deleted it a few hours later, but nothing on the Internet is ever truly Deleted. Nope. And the tweet has been getting some attention as Murphy comes to the defense of teammate Jameis Winston. Quote, that's just how the media plays it. You think Johnny Manziel is this freaking great kid, but he's 
expletive applied here. Terrible. Jameis didn't do half of the expletive applied here again that Johnny has done. And I'm sorry, excuse my language, but I'm just passionate about it. Murphy says, it really frustrates me to see the media try to make a guy out to be a bad person just because of the color of his skin. My man, you are my pest of the week for unnecessarily fanning the flames of racism. As far as I know, Jameis has steered clear of trouble. I mean, not to invalidate your argument, but I haven't read a negative article on Jameis Winston in months. He's been a solid player and citizen. And again, not to invalidate your stupid argument, but (laughs) I know of nobody who's trying to make Johnny Manziel to be this freaking great kid. Hardly a day goes by without someone printing something negative on Johnny Manziel. Murphy also says, referring to Winston, this dude didn't do nothing wrong. He was a 19-year-old kid in college who made some of the same little mistakes that everybody else made. Um, Let me just stop for a minute. The dude didn't do anything wrong, just some little mistakes. You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. I continue. But because of the color of his skin, he gets labeled a bad person, and that stigma rides with him. Meanwhile, Johnny Manziel beat a woman, did drugs, and was in and out of rehab, and you barely hear about it. What? It's a story for a day, and then it's gone. I'm tired of that. Dude, what in the world are you talking about? What world are you living in? Barely hear anything about it? A story for a day? It's in the news constantly. Murphy was asked if being a black quarterback in the NFL has his chances, has his challenges. Racism is still prevalent today. I don't want to get into it too much. But yeah, he deals with stuff in rival stadiums. Everybody deals with stuff. Racism is still alive and real. Unfortunately, racism is alive, and it is real. And it's kept alive by people like Lewis Murphy fanning the flames where there really is no fire. And racism is not one-directional. Mr. Murphy's comments are evidence of that. Lewis Murphy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my pest of the week. My pest of the week is China. Uh, (laughs) Let me explain. (laughs) The... uh, that's been floating around Twitter. Uh, there's a banner that says Stanley Cup Champions. It's even got the Stanley Cup on there. It's got the NHL logo, and it's got the Buffalo Bills logo <laughs> on there with the Buffalo Bills helmet. Like, I saw that. That's they, great. If you guys want to see it, go check out our, our, our Facebook page or our Twitter account at BTG Program. It's it's fantastic. But uh, China, you got to get your you got to get your stuff together here. I'm just glad we finally won something. <laughs> My pest of the week is Major League Baseball All-Star Game voters. Oh, Royals, yes. Royals and Cubs fans are stuffing the ballot boxes, and thus there are several undeserving players and the leaders at their positions. Prime example, Omar Infante is third among second basemen, ahead of guys like Dustin Pedroia and Ian Kinsler, mm-hmm. despite having a two thirty nine batting average and being cut by the Royals this week. I understand supporting your team, but don't vote for bad players just because they wear your team's jersey. Exactly. Nobody wins when there are undeserving all-stars, especially when the game quote-unquote counts. We'll need to talk more about that when the final votes are in. Hey, thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game's been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call, 585-426-5024. Tell the Benson sent you. For those guys, Zach and Darren, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Have a great week, everybody.